I truly believe that as I rise, I'm bringing people with me, like the inherent value of community for me, which I've built for those 20 years. I want us all to rise. I want us all to be in our medicine. I want us all to see the value we have inherently in ourselves. Hello, and welcome to the Connect Podcast. This show is all about helping you connect to your soul's calling so you can take action on it. Because the sweetest success is a blend of discovering your purpose with the inner drive to bring it to life. I'm Sheila Botello, health coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and mom of two, best known for my online wellness programs, mentoring, and self-love passion. Listen in for inspiring interviews, solo chats, and Q&A sessions that will move you past overwhelm towards what lights you up. Stop accepting good enough and go for your version of great in your health, business, and relationships. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to today's live. I am so incredibly excited to have our guest on today, Asha Frost, an Indigenous medicine woman from Ontario, Canada, who I've had the pleasure of getting to know over the last few years and who actually has been on an episode of the Connect with Sheila Botello podcast. And she gets to share with us today her most beautiful recent creation, and that is her new book, You Are the Medicine. I'm so excited to talk about it with her. And so as we await her arrival here on this episode, I invite you into a place of opening your heart to listen to her story. Hi, Asha, if you want to just hit um, request and I will add you. There is There are so many gifts that Asha has to share with us in her book and in her sharing when she speaks as well, that often the, the gifts that we have often come from hardships often come from times that are not we would hope for or expect, and yet the other side of them and through the process is where we gain so many gifts. So take some notes. And Asha, hello. So lovely to see you. You too. Thanks for having me. Best-selling author. I know, right? Oh my gosh. I know. You know what's so amazing is like, um, you're my last stop on my Instagram tour. <laughs> so it's like a beautiful completion because I just found that out this week. So yeah, it's just wild. Oh, I am so thrilled to be able to mark this occasion with you on this April new moon. It's so wonderful. And so Asha, you and I, as we've shared before, we met in a women's membership several years ago, and you've graced me with your presence on my podcast as well. So for those of you watching, first of all, thanks so much for being here. And if you're listening to this later, this will also be on the podcast. Please go back and listen to her interview. I will put a link to it in the show notes and in the comments. You can go check out which episode it is because her story is incredibly inspiring. And like I was just sharing as we were, you were coming onto the call, You've had so many lessons in your life and it seems like the greatest lessons and maybe many people can relate to this. They've not been just like transformative moonbeams coming down from the sky when you're lying in a bed of rose petals while someone's feeding you grapes. They've happened through struggle and turmoil and pain and angst and fear. And yet you have kept moving through this because you have felt a, such a strong call on your heart and your life 
to share this wisdom that has come from within you and that you're bringing from your ancestral lineage to help others. You've used your pain to help others. And I'm so grateful for that. And I love that that is your motivation. And I feel that this is how we transform together. It's not through the perfection. It's often through the pain. So here we are. You have your book. And when we last spoke on Instagram, you were in the process of writing it. So tell me, what has the last year been like for you as you've been ramping up and getting ready for this time? I think probably the last time we talked, I was like really overwhelmed. (laughs) It was like really, I think, I don't know if I'll ever write another book, but writing a book during a pandemic, I think as any other author who's done this can say it was like a whole thing. It was just a different experience. Um, I think then, then maybe I would have experienced outside of that. So I loved the writing process at times and at times it felt really um, not spacious enough for me to have like, I've got two young children and they were home a lot. Um, and I, I felt a little bit, I think there's a little bit of grief now rising. Like I wish I had those moments in the coffee shop or those moments on like a writing retreat or the places that maybe you see like in those romantic movies about where people go, right, to write. Um, <laughs> but it was also, so yeah, I think for, for everybody the last two years has just been a bit of a freeze or pause. So um, writing a book during a pause is an interesting thing to kind of go through. So I think I'm still like undefrosting myself and like, oh my goodness, the words that came through were very intentional. They were very, um, they were probably, I had to dig the deepest to my capacity, which was less than it would have been um, in other times, I think. So, so yeah, so that's, that's what it's been like. And um, but it's also, I'm so grateful too. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity. I'm so grateful for um, the celebration. I'm so grateful for my communities, for uplifting it. Like it's always this end. There's always like this end, right? So I'd be lying if I said it was all butterflies and rainbows. <laughs> there was a whole spectrum of things that happened. It's so true. That is just, that's life. That's our human experience. And really, I wonder how many amazing memories would we make if everything was just linear and if everything just went off without a hitch? How many wonderful stories would we have? How would we grow? How would we gain resilience? And I feel like I've been listening a lot to different people talking about this time that that we're in and referring to it as we have been in and are in still winter globally. Mm -hmm. And yet how many incredible businesses and movements have been born out of winter. And you wrote this beautiful work of your heart during winter from a space in your heart that probably felt very winter-like. And I think the people reading it who've also come through this time will resonate so much more from that had you written it from a place where you're on, on, on a mountaintop experience. So everything is purposeful. And this is something that we can all look back on. And what I'm finding, you know, where we where we met in that community, I, I started to think more about moon cycles and rhythms in terms of, I've always been into cyclical self-care in my health coaching work. And yet I wasn't so much focusing on the moon and the connection to nature 
as I am now. And so now in reading your book and, and getting to know you, and as a result of getting to know you, getting in touch with other Indigenous voices, what's been beautiful is for me to start to, to in, implement into my life different practices and even just different witnessing and noticing of the impact of nature on my well-being and my health and I think for all of us, especially during a winter like this, it really makes us appreciate, appreciate spring. <laughs> and to be connected to nature in such a way is such a gift that we all have. And you're opening our eyes to the beauty of that. And you mentioned in the reel, I actually shared the reel that you just put up today, mm-hmm. talking about how you started this journey of writing the book and Turtle walked with you. And you went, like, that was kind of the pace that you went at. And turtle is not often celebrated in our culture. I'd love for you to share more about that. Yeah, well, the real I shared today was about really how, like, this journey, because I think sometimes we can perceive somebody having the success and think it's just happened overnight. Um, And that's just not true. Like, I really, I started my um, homeopathic practice almost 20 years ago, um, building community, building relationships, like, um, tr- just trying to believe in myself that this was my path, listening deeply to my ancestors' call. Um, so, you know, the culmination of this book coming out and being a bestseller was really, I think, started that 20 years ago, or not that I started writing the book 20 years ago, but the, the whole process of the bigger picture started 20 years ago. Um, and so Turtle, I think, I mean, in my book, Turtle is the, the connection to the moon cycles, um, the turtle shell, we, we call Turtle Island, the, the shell, our creation story is that's where um, the earth was birthed from. And turtle medicine is reflected in the shell, the moons are reflected on the turtle shell. So turtle medicine was with me the whole time. And it did feel like steady, I had to commit to writing and getting to my deadlines and being steady about it. And I had to dedicate myself to just making sure that I had I guess that pace, you know, that, that like you have to commit, you have to get it done. And turtle does that. And then also knowing this is not going to be an overnight thing necessarily. So that's been my, it's not everybody's experience. I'm sure there's lots of folks who have had overnight things happen. Um, But mine has been a very slow and steady listening to the call of my ancestors constantly when I doubt myself. And there's been a lot of doubts um, over the 20 years for sure. So yeah, that's how turtle kind of speaks to me. Mm, I really relate to that. I feel like as I enter my 50th year, this summer I'll be 50. And I ta- I've been talking about it a lot lately because I realize I feel like I've been reborn. And I mm. feel like my life is just beginning in many ways. And it's so opposite from the narrative society would have us believe as women that, oh boy, it's all downhill from here. No, I feel like now with this experience, this wisdom, this, the connections, the like-minded people like yourself and others who are just speaking their voice into the world and, and just being like a, a salve of healing with who they are in the world gives me so much hope. Mm-hmm. And so that turtle pace there's so much beauty to it. I love all of the symbolism that the turtle has as well. Mm-hmm. Because it's so comforting to know that that slow and steady, like you can actually make progress. It's not flash in the pan overnight fleeting success where like the next day you feel depleted and oh, what was it all worth? This has been um, a work that you have been stepping into day after day. And the fact that you wrote the book with your two little ones 
running around. Um, they're your two little muses. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I know that there's the challenges, but also what an inspiration for you, because I know from talking to you and hearing you share in other spaces, it's your dream for them, indigenous young boys and who will become men and indigenous young women who will become indigenous adults to see the promise of what is possible for them in their future. You are leading the charge. You are showing them what is possible. And I, I know your ancestors are proud of you and just like cheering. And I am cheering like as a woman and especially as a Canadian woman who, who longs to see Indigenous voices rising and you're doing it so beautifully and so graciously. You, you talk in your book about, of course, which is so important, colonization, the pain of that. And also of intergenerational trauma, which is something that everyone really has, um, I believe, a deep need to look deeply into and not look away from. And you're also speaking of and living into the joy that you want to live through into your life. I'd love for you to share, how's that showing up for you? You you started to, um, I'm still using, I'm almost finished the beautiful frankincense and uh cedar spray that you designed oh my goodness um around christmas time i just i I savor it it's so beautiful and this is part of it so i'd love for you to share kind of more about that the the joy you hope to bring and you are bringing into the world oh gosh yeah well i think that um it's a balance it's a balance because i think that i've been really working on healing some of that generational trauma and healing the impacts of um, the colonial trauma in my own being. And also knowing that if I stay there, I just like, it's, it's, I'm not going to be good for anybody. So I think that indigenous joy, indigenous success, indigenous abundance, like all of those things, it's not something that is um, the most uplifted or valued actually, because I think that the bias that um, a lot of Canadians carry are, we have a lot of biases. We, we, we just do as human beings, but I think that around Indigenous people, whether we want to admit it or not, there's a lot of really ingrained biases about how Indigenous people should show up, what they should be talking about. Um, you know, there's a lot of expectation and a lot of projection placed on that. So I want to be a voice that, um, I feel like this book, you know, I spoke a lot of truth the past three or four years on social media. Nobody really cared about it until the graves were uncovered last year. So that was also challenging because it was exhausting. It's a lot of emotional labor. And no, I was like, is anybody hearing me? Is anybody listening? Does anybody care? And then it comes out and everybody's like, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they forget about it again. So it's hard. It's hard. And I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want to suffer anymore. I don't want to carry an illness anymore in my body. I, I just feel like I deserve that. I'm worthy of all of the things that I'm here for. So claiming that is an everyday, everyday intention um, and unwinding from that trauma too and not feeling responsible to have to heal it all for all people. Mm, You are, you are so worthy of that. And in you sharing that and in you modeling that, it speaks to everyone, particularly women, like of all uh, cultural backgrounds of we don't need to take on all of the trouble of the world into ourselves. We can live into our purpose and, you know, effect positive change. We can do those things and we don't need to carry it in our bodies because that it's so true. That is where it starts to take us out. And then we aren't 
able to be of service. And life has just that constant spectrum of the darkness and the light. And if we can live more so in that light space, we can shine more light on the darkness, but also bring more healing to it. And only being in that dark space, it just kind of, you know, dark begets dark almost in a sense, right? So I love, again, you are showing, you are being an example of what is possible. And there's something so beautiful about that collaboration. Like I've loved to see you on your page, um, collaborating with other Indigenous women in doing different things and uplifting things that no one may otherwise have heard about. And it gives me a desire to want to be more um, conscious of, okay, well, where am I spending my dollars? Who am I supporting? I love the idea of female-founded business. I love the idea of raising each other up. And the more we do that, the more we talk about it, the more it becomes possible for people. And that whole idea of should, like, let's just get rid of that word altogether. Let's just do what you're here to do. Let's be ourselves in our fullness, in the gloriousness. You know, what's so beautiful is like, I, I've always, I think part of my mission here is to uplift. Like I, I truly believe that as I rise, I'm bringing people with me. Like that is just, that is, I guess, maybe the inherent value of community for me, which I've built like for those 20 years. Like I want us all to rise. I want us all to be in our medicine. I want us all to like, see the value we have inherently in ourselves. Um, and then the most beautiful, magical thing is like, I put requests out to my community for this launch and it was like, it all got poured back into me. And I'm not saying like, do it for that, but it's, it is reciprocal. It is reciprocal. Like that give and that, that give and that receive, like if you open up to that, like that reciprocity becomes miraculous. Like I couldn't have become a bestseller without everybody that I've met over the past 20 years or like, I I just don't believe that I could have. So I'm so grateful for the heart, the kindness, the, the graciousness, like just the generosity of everybody around me. Um, and I know too, like I can honestly say like, this is my vision. I want, I want to rise and I want others to rise too. So that feels very clear to me this week. Mm. Yes. Yes. And you do it again, so beautifully leading your community and, and, Every time, every single time you post something in your community or whether it's on one of your socials, there is just this sense of, oh, just keep talking, keep telling me. I just want to listen. It's just so soul nourishing. And it is clearly why you are here. It is. You are so living in your purpose. You have you have just taken a hold of it and run with it. And Something that's been super fun too lately, as as you've been, you know, coming into the launch of the book, are your reels where you're talking about things that we didn't know about you. And I love that you were totally into, you know, karaoke and singing and um, Whitney Houston. And like, yeah, I came up on all of that. I mean, we had songs on Friday, my girlfriend and I would be singing one of the songs, you know, um, I get so emotional was one of them. And let's hear it for the boy, of course, oh, you know, always. And there's just, again, you're bringing in the, like the wholeness of who you are, you know, yes, you are of your indigenous culture and you also lived north of Toronto and you had all the West, the Western world, the Canadianized things. And you can, it's both and you can be like a whole example of who you are 
in, in all spectrums. And it's so freeing, but it, that's been super fun for me to watch. It looks like you're having a lot of fun with it too. Oh, that was so fun. It was so fun. Like, cause I think it's so funny, you know, if you're doing kind of spiritual work sometimes, like, I don't think it has to be so serious, but people have that projection of you that like somehow you're always in ceremony and you're always so serious. <laughs> that's just not who I am. Like, dancing and singing and laughing and having parties and gathering. I don't know. All those things are so vital to me. I, I just find so much joy in that. So I wanted to share those parts because I felt like they're important. And I don't, I don't know. I've heard like my mom will always be like, you were such a serious baby. And everybody thought you were so serious because you had this like look about you. And that's followed me a little bit throughout my life, but I'm really not that serious. (laughs) I'm not that serious all the time. That is so fascinating. My son was the same and he is the jokester, total lighthearted generator of inhuman design, like of just bring the joy, bring the high vibe. And I think perhaps my hypothesis is as little babies, there was just so much to take in that you were just taking it all in and storing it away. And maybe one of the things you were storing away was, wow, people are really serious. (laughs) We need to lighten this mood up. I feel that's how it has been for my son anyway. And so it's fun to just, you know, allow who you are to emerge and for your, for your boys to see it. I can only imagine the fun times you have in your home and out and about with the kids. Oh my goodness. I think being able to laugh at ourselves too. Like, I think that that's such a, um, it might, it's something my mom taught me. I think I do see it modeled in her, just like that ability to laugh at yourself. I think even in moments when things feel a little bit heavy, you know, like not to take life so seriously. It's been serious the last two years. So I'm not, I'm not saying not to bypass it, but sometimes we can laugh at ourselves and, um, you know, it's, it's a good thing, a good way to move forward. It is. And I think one of the things that has kept my family sane through this time has been comedians, humor. Uh, Laura Alexia Pitts says, my sister is a jokester and I am the serious one. See, at least you realize that, Laura. Like, that's great. (laughs) And, but yeah, like laughter and joking and, and, you know, making light of ourselves. It's just, that is healing. Like, I think that there was that movie Robin Williams had out years ago called Patch Adams, where he was a doctor and he brought humor into the hospital to heal. And I've always remembered that. And I'm like, oh, really, truly, yes, peace and possibility. Laughter is good medicine. And my my grandmother used to get that Reader's Digest little book and and, and it was laughter is the best medicine. That was the only thing I would read in that. (laughs) I'd just be howling and loving it. And so levity there is so much beauty to it and I I believe like that is that is what we were designed for is there something like what is the indigenous connection to laughter like if is there some kind of story around that that you'd like to share or that you think of I think that um indigenous laughter is the best laughter I've ever heard like um and just indigenous sense of humor too is just like there's nothing like it it's a whole different like you maybe you call like res style sense of humor but even if you read, like, I don't know if anybody's watched Red Dogs, Reservation Dogs. It's on, I think it's on Disney Plus. But that show, like, is just, that's the that's the sense of humor right there. So it is funny. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think our ability to laugh, even with all of the harm and trauma that has happened, is quite remarkable yeah. um, and quite beautiful. And that's, I think, the way that we transmute a lot of the trauma is through laughter and joking and um maybe making fun of ourselves a little bit. I think that's, it's a bit of a survival mechanism, um, but it's also, it's also turned into medicine in my opinion. Medicine. And it's like a defiance of, no, we will not be broken. 
right? Like we're going to rise and now like watch the rising happen. There's so much rising happening and it's so beautiful and so much more needs to be done. But my prayer is that so many more people will, you know, read your book, uh, read other Indigenous voices and just, you know, completely, we can transform how we do life in our world. We can actually unify and be actually loving to each other in, in the real way that that looks. And so, oh, so I know you have another um, interview you're about to head on, but I would love it if you were open to it, if you would maybe leave us with a blessing today for those who are here and those who will listen to this later on the podcast for what your hope is that you are the medicine will leave people with when they read it. So perhaps just um, inviting folks to maybe place their hand um, between their throat and their heart. So in your high heart, that is that is your place of worthiness. And just gently tapping that area there. Maybe imagining that the compassion, the grace that flows, that it just starts to move through that high heart area. Reminding you that you are enough. And maybe placing your hand there now and feeling the heartbeat that moves through you, feeling the heartbeat of the earth mother beneath your feet. She steadies you, she supports you, she grounds your medicine here upon the earth. And in feeling the stars and the cosmos and the beings from above the ancestors that bless you. So you are made of soil and stars and your medicine was meant to be here at this time in particular allowing the ancestors who guide you to just surround your space today, reminding you they dreamed you here at this time. Feel your medicine birthing like a flower out of your high heart today. What is that flower that blossoms? And just holding it in your hands and just seeing that as a reflection of you. You are meant to impact the world in your own way. So I bless you with that blessing that you are the medicine now and always. Miigwech. So beautiful. Thank you for that, Asha. I so appreciate you and just the light you bring in the world. And I'm thrilled for all that is to come and all that is next. And we will talk again many times, I'm sure. But for now, I hope you have an incredible weekend, another great conversation after this as well. And, you know, sending so much love to you and your family. Oh, thank you, Sheila. It's such a blessing always to be in space with you. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for being here, everyone. Thank you so much for being here with me on the Connect Podcast. If you like this episode, please share it with someone you think would enjoy it. Also, if you head over to iTunes to leave a review, I'd be so grateful. Let us know what your favorite parts were and what you'd like to hear more of. It will help us have a greater impact, elevating many more people to grow and succeed together. See you next time.